The following is a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk. Hello and welcome to episode 11, 12, 13, God knows, we're so deep into this history podcast because there was so much history to talk about of, of, of time travel. Just a quick reminder before we get into it, you can sign up to the Patreon. This is a Felt Now production, patreon.com or patreon.com, I don't know how to pronounce it, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash f-e-l-t-n-o-w-t. If you join the club, you get a membership card, handshake and a password. Yeah, build the future of North comedy keep people like me and my co-host michael in a job and you get this podcast early get bonus content from this episode which i still think is worth for signing up just so you can hear the story about when i met gaza very interesting story that and it is not on any other platforms because i'm too afraid to tell it publicly uh, due to a little bit of a thing he may have said that was anyway there is bonus content from this episode videos on demand live tickets prize draws loads more and it starts at just just £5 a month cheaper than it costs to get a pint the same price as three trebles nowadays. Uh, so I'm here, obviously, with my co-host, Mike. Mike, how you doing? Uh, two things. Well, lots of things. In my, well, we've just sat down uh, in our in our office. It's good. Um, I love how you describe me, Raul, what is happening in the room. We've just sat down in the office. There's nine posts yeah, on the wall. Yeah, let, just, you're, let, you're, let you're, me you're, just follow this, this trajectory. Like You've worried me because... You've just said we could run out of history. Can you imagine? I did not say that. I said we, there's just so much history to get into. Yeah, but but by, by by extrapolation, what happens if the history runs out? We'll talk about the future. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the present. There's a lot going on in time time at the minute. Not We've just been bought by Saudi Arabia. Somebody was spinning a hearse at Dunstan's Pitch. It's all kicking off in Tyneside. There is so it's much stuff to talk about. always kicking off in Tyneside, sir. Hence our, 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 our topic today. Our topic today is one of the biggest kickoffs, the kickoffs that Britain and the Western world and the Christian world had ever seen. Now, let's start with a little bit of a personal story. Um, many, many, many moons ago, um, I, was, I was smoking something um, that, that is perhaps frowned upon. Um, they're legal in many countries nowadays. And I was very into my box sets. Still am into my box sets, just less smoking. And I'm watching uh, a box set called Viking, season one. And in episode one, they're starting in, in Scandinavia. No, that's where the Vikings are from. And then they sail across the water. According to the TV show, Ragnar Lothbrok is the first Viking who wants to sail west. Uh, and this is also the case... Uh, in some of the, the sagas, but we'll get on to the, the unreliability of the sagas uh, later on in the podcast. But a man called Ragnar Lothbrok, by large, probably the most, if not one of the most famous Vikings, decides to sail west. Now, it probably wasn't him. What they've done in the TV show is they've merged a lot of the sagas, they've merged a lot of sort of time periods to fit it into a smaller period. But this is quite hard to do, keeping sort of a realistic... Um, account of what the vikings did because 
their history is based on these epic sagas, which were only written down in the, the 1300s in Iceland by Snorri Sturluson. Before that, they were just campfire tales. Oh, who? Say that name Snorri Sturluson. Snorri Sturluson. like a miner from Washington. Uh, he's an Icelandic <laughs> poet and historian and writer. Um, but the, the problem is, is, is he wrote them down in the 1300s. Before then, you're accounting for things that happened in the 400s, 500s, 600s, So he's nearly a millennium. A Could he have written a load, yeah, of, a load so of shite? Is that possible? Yes, but I don't think he did. I think he did his. I genuinely think he did his best to sort of. If, if you look at the history in the facts, it tends to appear that he did his best to sort of amalgamate them. However, when they're passed down orally, what would happen? Like uh, the musical comedians of a certain time, is number one, people would steal the better stories from other sagas and put them in their own. They'd mythologize them and add dragons and cows and make them so much more exciting for people around the fire pit. So a lot of the stories repeat one another. They're copied. For example, uh, Ivar the Boneless in two separate sagas sails to England uh, and he discovers in one saga the city of Londinium. So it says that Ivar discovered London. But in another saga, was he discovers there? the city of Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It was, but for the Vikings, it was a discovery. In the same way that America was already there. But so then all like, of a sudden, the white folk turn up and you've discovered it. So it was like me discovering, like, Torremolinos. Yeah, or like <laughs> Columbus discovering uh, America. <laughs> exactly that, exactly that. On, on the oral tradition, I mean, I get this because we've just sat down trying to describe what happened in Newcastle in the 90s <laughs> without going into detail. And uh, the, the kind of embellishment, elaboration, bollocks Chinese and bullshit. whispers <laughs> is an eternal game, Michael. But point is, episode one of this episode... This is true. It's the first Viking raid of England. And they land in a place called Lindisfarne. Now, can I, can I just ask, because you say you, you're good at this role. If I remember to our earlier say episodes, I'm good at what? like the Vikings. I'm not good at the Vikings. You can't be good at the Vikings. Yeah, I've seen I just you. know a lot about the you Vikings. You are a Viking. I'm it's interested a in he's, the Vikings. If you see what he's wearing now, he's I wearing watched... a helmet without the horns. It's probably authentic. <laughs> I watched the, uh, the box set. I like Vikings. I like the whole history of them. I find them an interesting thing, and particularly because they're so connected to the Northeast. That is particularly yeah. why I'm interested in them. And I like sword fights. I grew up on Lord of the Rings, sci-fi, fantasy, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter. grew Bo- up in the West so, End, mate. <laughs> plenty of edged weapons there. crime, that traditional <laughs> British sport. Well, this is it. The knife crime you see today is just a continuation of the Viking tradition of trying to nick somebody's neighbourhood and claim their postcode by stabbing all the men in that neighbourhood. Anyway, he landed on Lindisfarne. Uh, now, it's, it's probably the case that it wasn't Ragnar who landed on Lindisfarne, but some Vikings absolutely, 100%, definitely landed there. And my first thought, a little bit wavy off of those things that I was smoking. I'm just like, holy crap, that's my house. Yeah. I live 45 minutes away from How there. Do, now, am I right that uh, going back to the previous episode, it was Bede who was the first one to write this down. That's how I know about it. Uh, I believe so, yes. I believe, I believe it was Bede to write this down. But I, I think, it, I'm not sure if it was the first to write it down. I think it would have been written about uh, and I mean, talked in, in about. In the English language, in the, in the first English history that we're talking he about. He was the first person to write. The, the, he wrote the first book about the uh, English people and English history. Could it be, but I don't know if he was the first person to chronicle this. Could I think be, this would have been chronicled in Latin and other languages because this was this is very important, right? The reason they went there, the reason they sailed west is because they heard about these churches that were unguarded and had hordes of gold. And they were. There were all these churches along the east coast of England and the northeast of Europe that were unguarded um, and had a shit ton of gold. And the reason they were unguarded was because every other European nation apart from these Scandinavians were Christian and they respected 
that you don't raid Do you Christian churches. That's an insult trade. to God. The word got back because a lot of people forget that most Vikings traded. Oh, they did do raiding. a bit of trading yeah, and they did yeah. do a bit of settling as well. And uh, that was it. But for the most part, they did do a lot of raiding as well. That can't be ignored. But the Christian states, word the Christian got armies, back. word got back. Yeah, they would never attack a church. That no. was absolutely, you know, that was death penalty stuff. That was as like the worst of worst crimes you could do back then. But the Vikings, who were pagans and heathens, had no respect for their gods. They had their own gods, Odin, Thor, Freya. They didn't give a crap about Jesus nor uh, Jehovah. So they heard about all this gold that was pretty much unguarded. They sailed west the first place. They landed at Lindisfarne. And Lindisfarne was brutal. Brutal. I mean, they slow. apparently they landed and a sheriff there just went oh if you're looking to trade at the port city it's a little bit further down you're on the wrong island there's not much here and they just chopped his head off and then went about chopping everybody else's heads off and i think it's a real horrible thing really you know it's a sort of romanticized of the vikings because they were quite a matriarchal society they had women fighting and then you know these beautiful scandinavians with blue eyes who, who lived free in the wild but uh, they were pretty horrid people because you know I mean? um, these monks weren't really the warrior monks of old that we talked about last episode these are very peaceful relaxed chilled monks who were just drinking mead speculating on life and they were slaughtered the the nuns were raped the churches burnt it must have been a pretty horrible but they were good looking people i've just got a is that if a boatload of um basically man city strikers and 80s synth pop stars like <laughs> aha right just <laughs> leaping erling halland yeah yeah just jumping off there well uh, i'm not sure if the vikings or the scandinavians then were as good as looking as the scandinavians we have now and i'll get onto this my reasoning for this a little no bit later me now because i'm but intrigued. actually historical records suggest they were Historical records suggest they were historical records suggest they were very attractive. And if you look at some, we talked about historiography a lot on this podcast. Some of the historiography about it claims that they actually didn't steal a lot of women. Actually, the women probably went willingly. Yeah. Um, now I'm not going to say whether that's true or false. That's just some arguments uh, that well, are made by certain well, historians. Well, if you go to Jorvik, you find out that the um, when even when the Scandinavians came here peacefully. Right, they were far more into their bathing, yes, into, into so their there's, grooming, there's, I and I don't mean in a sort of Gary Glitter sort of way. They were into their grooming much more than the Saxons. So the mm -hmm. Saxons were like these smelly hippies, and there, the Vikings were like these uh, urbane men about town with their groomed beards. There was a Saxon chronicle that said we need to keep like a, do, about some Vikings who had settled, and it was like you know they were settled. There was peace by and large. And it was like, Make sure you keep these Vikings away from your women because they shower every day. <laughs> they bathe every day. They smell nice. So, you know, they will steal your wife. And I think that's hilarious um, as well as that. Um, you know, the, the old argument is that you know, Angles don't exactly have the best genetics island nation, mainly about quite short, five foot, five foot four, broad, stocky, yes, but short, not the best looking of people. Then suddenly these Scandinavians with long, flowing blonde hair, bright blue eyes, or six foot four and white shouldered sort of turn up. Do you know, but I don't know. I you're turning me on just saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions about this because um, the Vikings would go on to launch a sort of eventually over time they would launch a sort of siege of the northeast um and and they sort of like they never conquered tyneside is that why we don't because we talked about this is that why we don't have many bees 
our bros are our... exactly that they conquered Dera. they didn't conquer Benicia so Benicia was the the the, the northernmost kingdom where thought maybe Bambara would have been like sort of <laughs> Sorry, uh, just the Benicia sounds like it. a name you'll hear shouted in a low budget shop Benicia put that Benicia down you know, of <laughs> Give it back to Danelaw. Oh my God, we might start a precedent of named after Viking kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> Danelaw, put that down. Give it back to Benicia. <laughs> so they didn't conquer. Well, as I say, they didn't conquer Benicia. It wasn't a Viking kingdom. I conquered Benicia. They conquered Dira, and that's why it has, oh, you know. Yeah, Dira, which is a. Dira, Benicia. <laughs> which is a, which is a, you know, that's why the, the, the Whitbys and the, the Danbys all come from. Um, and they conquered about they're more boring aren't they Whitby Whitby all the B's the B-Y's sort of very Scandinavian approach to to, to names though we do have some connections with the the Scandinavian Vikings Borough's a borough isn't it Uh, yeah so was Borough in the kingdom Borough was in the Viking kingdoms and this is my argument for why I don't think they're as good looking as people think because their kingdoms essentially conquer from Middlesbrough to Derby. You, you do that have was to. That was Dane Law. And I've been to those places and I don't think they're the most people I've ever seen in my life. I definitely think Geordies and, and, and some Londoners and some Westerners are probably, oh, probably I've seen a bit better looking people walk around there. No disrespect, but uh, I'm sure if you have lived in those places and you're from those places, you'd probably agree. Anyway, moving on and, and quick. Uh, yep, the Derby. Do you know what I mean? All those Kind of so I'm trying to think of anywhere up here. We we mainly have. I mean, I'm thinking where I live. Um, Hexham is obviously uh, a Saxon name. Yes, and uh, so that's it. They didn't. They didn't get to Northumbria. They didn't get to, to Newcastle. I mean, they did, but they didn't succeed. Um, I will get onto that because it's important to note that Ragnar Lathbrok, who 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 Ragnar Lathbrok, Ragnar Lothbrok, who was uh, you yeah, know, the get, get of Ragnar, right. <laughs> one of the most famous Vikings ever, main character in the TV show Viking. He probably wasn't there at Lindisfarne, but he did do quite a lot, did uh, conquer quite a lot, quite a famed Viking. And he died in Northumberland. He went to war with the Earl of Northumbria, uh, eventually lost, and the Earl of Northumbria was said to have chucked him in a snake pit. Now... I don't know where he got these snakes from, if he traded them. I was going to or, say, yeah. um, if perhaps he just chucked them in a pit full of grass snakes, in which case he wouldn't have done any damage. But he died here in the northeast, so the world's t- most famous Viking. So my inner Geordie's now going, does that mean then, that, I mean, going back to what Dan Jackson was saying, were we, putting it this way, were we ranchier than the Vikings? It would seem so. Could we yeah. chin the Vikings? It would yeah. seem we <laughs> held off the Vikings and we fought them. Um, uh, uh, and they never conquered us. They conquered them soft smoggies. I can't think of anywhere else the Vikings didn't chin. When you think they actually conquered Russia. They struggled against France. Did they? They struggled well, against they France Normandy, though, to basically they? They like give Normandy. France some of their best Vikings. No, because that's how... Rollo, I think, became the Duke of Normandy or like an early Normandy because he made an agreement with the French. Not, that how I don't they think so- they successfully sieged Paris. The Iberian Peninsula, they got there, but they never really conquered it. But the Moors did though, didn't they? Remember, was that later? Yeah, the Romans was way before the Vikings. No, the Moors, I mean the, the Moorish, the, um, the, the Muslim conquerors of, of Spain, they were there 700 years. Oh, yes, 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 yes they did, they yeah. did, but they were closer as well. Um, not because the Vikings, that's quite a boat ride, you know what I mean? The Muslims are just over one, one sea. You've got to conquer, about, you've got to get over three that, seas. Did certain, um, not just in the Islamic world, did some people use Vikings as bodyguards? I'm sure there was like... There were like yes, Vikings ended up at various courts as bodyguards because they were the, some uh, of the toughest soldiers for the many kings. Sultan, I'm sure, 
uh, not the Janissaries I'm getting mixed up, but I'm sure some of the Ottoman um, leaders, maybe later on, did actually use um, Vikings as... I might be wrong here, but this is just... No, something. yeah, I think that's I think that's true, but it's... Um, yeah, I don't know many sultans here in the North East. <laughs> maybe he's in South Shields. Uh, <laughs> but Ragnar died, and then according to the TV series and some history, history historians or, or, or sagas and so on and so forth, but I think this is probably just a nice little romantic sort of way of tying this up. Uh, so basically, they, you know, Ragnar dies a pretty painful death chucked in that snake pit, um, if that is to be there relieved. Be Regardless, he dies in the northeast. That much is probably we can ascertain true. So his sons, Ivar the Boneless, Uber. Um, there is also Halfdan. Why was he in called the, the Boneless? Because the suggestion is he's referred to as Ivar Which part the of Boneless. His body had no bone. It yeah. was. It seems to suggest the sagas that he was actually uh, uh, paraplegic. He couldn't walk. It's not very PC saying that, is it really? I, well, it's Vikings, <laughs> isn't it? I don't think. I mean, if they did cancel culture, your village was getting burnt, and it would nobody would have a history of you again. Um, but no, it's not the most politically correct. No, but these were no. sagas long before yeah. political correctness. I think was really on the minds. Yes, of people. you're right. They did have the ultimate um, cancel culture. I mean, just... Christ alive! If you think if you think calling a paraplegic man Ivor the Boneless is not politically correct, wait till I tell you about the amount of raping the Vikings did, Michael, because it's very oh, much yeah. not a politically <laughs> correct group of people as far as i would say and they're as white as white can be anyway <laughs> moving on ragnar's sons they were uh, ivor the boneless bjorn ironshide sigurd snake in the eye uber and uh, uh half dan who in the tv series isn't actually ragnar's son but in real life he, he seemed to be ragnar's son they lead a great heathen army and end up on the coast i think somewhere in the middle of the country somewhere between hull and east anglia sort of norfolk uh and they decimate the english armies they massacre them they absolutely turn them over and at this point they conquer so much of the country that it's only benicia that's not under control benicia in the far most north side can, can is not you under say control. where was benicia then where would that be now bambara like tyneside so dira is like teesside so the smallest tyneside dira is teeter okay and uh, Benicia is basically your, your Radjis. Sort of tying and weir, um, maybe Probably a little bit of weir. Where, where your heartland of Newcastle yeah, fans Newcastle, would be but also now. Northumberland, I would say, up to, about, up to about the Scottish borders. Now, they did conquer lots of Scotland. I'm sure many Scots know lots of Ireland as well. And they conquered this part of the country called the Dane Law, which is where Danish law yeah. was installed. And that was from about York to about Derby, sort of Teesside, maybe it's just about as well, all the way to Derby. Is it the delineation, isn't it, Dane Law? Uh, is roughly where your north and south accents start, isn't it? There's a rough, I mean, very rough, but essentially your northern accents were your, your Viking ones and your southern accents were your Saxon ones. That's what I was told anyway. No, I would, I would say a, that's uh, not is that, is true that, at all. Is that I would one of those that's, um, that's, that's old a, wives' tales? Yeah, so I think that's an old wives' tale. Why do have, easy so, why do have such a big difference in between northern and southern English accents? Because for an island of our size, it's mental. The difference there's lots of different aspects um the irish coming in the west that probably infiltrates uh liverpudlians um well, yeah, Scouse and irish ours probably that. has like uh, we in scotland don't have the 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 vowel shift and on top of that um we have like bigger connections to the ancient germanic for example bauk which is slang in geordie for stomach is also the german for stomach there are also viking connections to certain language we use ben and born in norwegian is child because with my um, um elder stepdaughter had a um boyfriend 
from Denmark or Sweden, some Scandinavian country. Mm-hmm. And he said that when he was listening to a bunch of Geordies talking... Sounds Danish. Just out of earshot. Gan Yem is the Danish yeah, for go gan, home. He said Yem, Gan, all words like that. There uh, are Scandinavian connections, but not as many as perhaps we would think. Because um, they didn't conquer us. Because they didn't conquer us, exactly that. But um, I think the accent differentials between each country... You could, If you took your time and looked into each individual county and why they sound like they sound, you could probably draw your conclusions. Like, I personally think Smoggy, Middlesbrough, their accent's sort of closer to, like, Geordie meets Yorkshire. I also think yeah. Sunderland's is Smoggy meets Geordie. So all of these things have their own tales, but they are not related to the Vikings per se, except from that little bit about, you know, Born and Ganyem. So let's let's take it back a second um, and get onto this great heathen army, because I think this is a really interesting sort of uh, a turn in the tale, or twist of the tale. So the Vikings have pretty much conquered all of England. And even, I think, Benicia at this point was close to being conquered, but was just about holding out. The only con- kingdom they haven't conquered is Wessex. At this point, there isn't really an England. There's four kingdoms. There is Wessex. And there is... Mercia. East Anglia. Mercia. There is Mercia. Yeah. And then there is Northumbria, which they've conquered half of. They've not conquered the Venetian side, but they have conquered the Deerish side. But their two kingdoms have become one. So even you couldn't say back then Northumbria was independent. It was half run by the Vikings. And they were using the capital, Jorvik, York, as it is now known, as the, the, the heart and soul of their, their, their sort of like the command center, per se. The last place standing is Wessex under Alfred the Great. And and Alfred's lost a lot of men in previous battles. We've all watched the, the last kingdom. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. struggling. He's he's not. It's looking very much like if he was to ride out, he's hiding in the air marshes. But if he rides out, it's looking very much like he will not Where win he that the battle. Cakes. Is this the, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. He decides to ride out against the advice of his regency council, heavily outnumbered, and he rides out and he beats the Vikings. And he saves England from Viking rule. Me and you might be speaking a lot more, as might Southerners. Scandinavian had these Vikings. We might be a lot better looking, mate. We might well. be a lot better looking. As well, speak for yourselves. My oh, genetics don't yeah, go back that Alfred, far. I'm a handsome you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Me and Raul could look like members of yeah, our heart. It's yeah. the reason Americans judge our teeth. Uh, we look more status quo than our heart, weight, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but the reason Alfred rode out um, against the Vikings is because of something from the previous episode. Do you know what that was? He had a vision of someone. Uh, Bead. No. Um, the vision. Oh, come on. What, the Anglo-Saxon Cuthbert? Yes. Yay. He had a vision of St. Cuthbert who told him to ride out and save England. And he flew with Cuthbert's banner. Now, have you ever seen Cuthbert's banner? Is it the uh, Cuthbert's cross that you see on Newcastle University? Yes, it, it is. is. But do you not think, I have a theory here, because that's the cross, right? But, the, but that's the design. But the banner is a certain colour. And this is such an important battle. This defines, I think, look at that banner. Now, Whoa. dear listener, Google Cuthbert's banner, but it is red and white. It's a red and white cross. That it is a very fan. similar <laughs> to St. George's cross. Absolutely, mate. That's what I saw. And whether he had this dream or not, right? Whether he had this vision. Maybe he did have a dream and he thought it was a vision. Yeah. Whether he didn't, this was incredibly important in terms of the politics and pragmatism of bringing England together. Because Cuthbert's Cross, very similar to the England flag, which has now sort of become almost the England flag. But what Cuthbert, the vision of Cuthbert, more than any other monk did, is it brought North and South together. It brought the last remaining kingdoms that are independent, Northumbria and Wessex, the South and North of England together. 
And then as well as that battle sort of allowing the four kingdoms to fully come together under Alfred the Great and become England, that sort of leads to this idea of an English identity that stops at the Scottish border and stops Alfred at the English Channel. Alfred was just being really clever and thinking, right. I think it was a mix of the two. I think back then people didn't have a lot of science to run on. I think they had a lot of, you know, they used a lot of, of, of ooh, I've had this vision. I've talked to the burning I, I've bush seen and that's sort of how they end up conquering. I've got the divine right to what rule. bring those and I think it was a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there'd been some obscure Southern saint, I'm sure there were. I know we were the powerhouse of Christianity. But I mean, it was an obscure Southerner. It was Alfred the Great, wasn't it? No, no, but the, the saint he saw. If it'd been some wimpy Southern, you know, we'd never heard of, because we, we were the kind of Silicon Valley we of Christianity. We might not have, yeah, come out yeah. in later battles and fought if it wasn't for the fact that he's got, well, Cuthbert told me to. Cuthbert, fucking walk Cuthbert, Cuthbert, yeah, hold on, Come on, you Scandinavian bastards. That would be like saying, but it's uh, in a vision like uh, of uh, Alan Shearer or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would kind of unify them. Yeah. I'm the vision of Alan Shearer. I didn't even say, I didn't even say. Yeah, no, have you had a vision of Alan Shearer that time? I would have ridden out for Alan Shearer. I would have, yeah. Then I was like, wait, did you say Alan Shearer? Fucking hell, man. Yeah, but he is like a kind of a religious figure up here that unites people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, as is the football club back then. from Sunderland. But was, but he had that vision. Later on, uh, I think probably the lack of connections to the Vikings uh, come in various forms. Uh, I think the only other interesting thing is Half Dan did lead a siege and try to conquer Bernicia or the northern side of Northumbria, Tynan Weir and Northumberland. Um, and he led a pretty devastating raid on some churches and priories, nicked their gold, killed the priests, uh, a couple of those... Um, a couple of those churches you will have heard of, Tynemouth Priory mm-hmm. was attacked by Half Dan. Um, as was uh, Hexham Priory, your 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 church we where you attacked. live, you were attacked by Half Dan, the son of Ragnar Lothbrok. You know, Half Dan Ragnarsson. Half Dan. That's an eight. That's an Thank God it wasn't. Thank God it wasn't full Dan. Would have been in trouble then, wouldn't we? <laughs> or full Dan. And I think oh, Benicia full Dan. Let's not even go there. Would have been Viking today. You can see connections <laughs> to Vikings again. <laughs> Any Dan. <laughs> do, you want, do you want your gun, Dan? You can imagine people shouting. <laughs> Dan Byrne. Fucking hell. I'm glad he never raided. And I'm yeah. glad he never raided. Uh, well, it'd be a bit like Dan Byrne Priory. there. Saying, do you want your gun? Wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd, well, you'd have been like you look a local at Dan and you look at some of the blonder part people in Tyside, and you think maybe they've got some connections to Vikings. I think the Viking connection stands today through Viking ferries. Um, we have obviously some Viking museums and some Viking sites around here that are very important. Always, you want to visit the Holy Island. standing two abreast on the escalator. Yeah, Lindisfarne yeah. Festival. <laughs> um, no, there is definitely still a long Viking legacy here. If your second name is Osborne or Thatcher. You maybe you maybe have some Viking the Vikings connection seem to be, here. They've, they've gone all kind of um, one. Me, this is like a weird one, but my mate was in the army. Well, I used to be in the army, but I wasn't my mate. It always That's comes weird. back to you in the fucking army. No, mate. no, no. But my mate was just saying that. When <laughs> I used were, to be in the army, you know. No, no. Very. I wasn't in very long. I didn't know very much. But my mate like stayed in properly, and he was saying that the, the Vikings were quite. Um, they've, they've gone quite peaceful kind of the opposite well they converted to Christ in their later uh, days and sort of made it a lot well, more saying, of a peaceful sort of kingdom bouncing. with Denmark Norway and um, Sweden and now that's sort of shaped by the you see that in uh, particularly a lot of the peace the social welfare that they have yeah. and particularly uh uh, the political correctness, at least in Sweden. Um, but I think it's that was circle, because of the Battle of Brevalier, which is a Viking f- saga, which is alarmingly similar to the Mahabharat, which is a Hindu epic about um, why the futility of war and why peace is important. But 
to get back to the sort of future legacy of the Vikings, um, they all end up converting to Christianity, and that's what sort of happens to the Vikings. They get subsumed by this Christian empire, uh, and those who have settled here probably got on quite well with the locals here. And I think for the most part, that is the, the legacy of Vikings. Definitely get yourself to Holy Island, Lindisfarne, learn firsthand about what happened there, uh, maybe go to York and see when that was the Viking capital. The one capital. thing they are going to steal from the north again is the Premiership gold-storing record. They're going to nick Maybe. That. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> I think if you look at Tyneside's worst times or the northeast's worst times, there is a Viking connection permanent. I think the last thing we should leave this on, um, the, the connection to the Vikings, as I think they just kept... The, we faced a lot of trouble when they first landed. All the monks from Lindisfarne left, moved to Durham, but when they first landed in the northeast, they harrowed us and they also well they they conquered normandy and normandy the normans the northmen that's literally where the yeah. word comes from they produced william the conqueror who did the harrowing of the north which is yeah. one of the first episodes we ever we did ever did yeah so there's and like a second-hand viking raginess coming the back the jarrow march and uh, the deindustrialization here that we will talk about uh well not the jarrow march but the deindustrialization we'll talk about here and the closing of the mines that caused such misery here done by thatcher also Viking, a Viking yeah. name and the cuts of 2010 to 2013 done under George Osborne where they closed all our libraries drained our public funding the Vikings Osborne is a Viking name good place so to end it just yeah. seems to be Vikings colonising us left right and centre I think Scandinavia owes Tyneside reparations that's what I would argue <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, non binary friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Time Travel. Next week, what will we be talking about, Mike? We're going to talk about uh, the uh, unemployed workers' movements, not like poos or anything like that, but um, <laughs> but because uh, I did that for my dissertation uh, in the 80s before I went in the army. The unemployed uh, workers' <laughs> movements and, and the Jarrah March and the, the, the myths March. behind so it. Next yeah. week, come follow the Geordie boys. We'll fill your heart with joy. Uh, see you then, guys. Thank you very much Thank once you. again. She's a big lass in a bonny lass and she likes That was a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk.